This episode of the Power Connect podcast is brought to you by Energy Marketing Conferences 19, held March 20th and 21st in Houston, Texas. Most people don't talk about this, but I'll tell you the truth. The people that really got hurt were the wholesale energy suppliers. The wholesalers were the ones that sell the power to the retailers. When the retailer goes out of business, the wholesaler is holding the, whatever the expression is. They're, they're, they're the ones that are that are paying the tab. Wholesalers have lost in, in Uri hundreds of millions of dollars. Welcome into the Power Connect Podcast. I'm your host, Fred Davis, episode 58 of the program, rolling along on a Monday. Glad to have you guys on board. We've got a lot to get into today. EMC 19, Energy Marketing Conferences, the 19th edition of the conference is going down in less than a month, about three weeks, give or take. And uh, we've got the founder of the conference, Mr. Jack Dueck. Going to talk to Jack a little bit about, you know, he's been in the energy business for over 20 plus years. He's been on the power marketing side, and so we're going to get into to a little bit about you know the volatility of what's going on in the market, what he's seen before, and just kind of what we're going to see at Energy Market Conference 19. So before we do that, though, uh, just a heads up, we've got the uh, EV Charging Summit and Expo. That's going on at the end of March. And of course, uh, we had the initial episode last week uh, that we had with Miss Arena Filipova from Electrata, COO of Electrata. Great episode with her. Gotten a lot of good feedback from that. So definitely check that out. That was episode 57 if you haven't done so. And then, of course, uh, for those of you out there, make sure, and then, like I said, I know we took a little bit of time off, but make sure you go give us a follow. Give us a five-star rating over at Apple and Spotify. And then, of course, uh, go to the website as well, thepowerconnect.net. Leave us your email. Join the email mailing list. We've got a newsletter and all that good stuff coming out. And, of course, also, too, in the next couple weeks, we're going to uh, break out the new format of the Power Connect. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Well, stay tuned. We'll give you all that information here in just a couple weeks. We've also got some work we're going to be doing with RBN Energy. My folks over there at RBN, my man, Mr. David Brazil. They just dropped the uh, Future of Fuels white paper report, and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So a lot going on here at the Power Connect. You just you don't want to miss out, okay? I mean, let's just call it what it is. You don't want to miss out. So real quick, let's talk about EMC 19. Don't forget, if you're going to be at EMC 19 or you're looking to go, if you want 20% off, put in Inawatch 20, promo code Inawatch 20, get 20% off. It's at energymarketingconferences.com, energymarketingconferences.com. What is EMC? It's the largest and longest running gathering of retail energy executives in North America. It brings together hundreds of energy companies, utilities, marketers, vendors, and suppliers in the retail energy industry to engage, educate, and empower the competitive energy market and help shape its future. Every year, EMC takes place in both Houston and New York City. Two-day packed agendas feature more than 50 thought leaders who speak on over a dozen sessions and panels. The EMC Trade Show also has over 40 exhibitor booths. So go check it out this year. It's going to be at the Hilton Post Oak here in H-Town over there in the Galleria or nearby. So again, it's a nice little area. And again, it's two action-packed days. The first day is kind of going in the afternoon, evening, a uh, little welcome, meet and greet and what have you. And then of course, uh, day two, it is chock full of information. So without further ado, please welcome to the program from the Energy Marketing Conferences 19 being held March 20th and March 21st at the Hilton Post Oak. Here is Mr. Jack Dueck. Thank you very much, Fred, and thanks for having me on your podcast. It's really a pleasure. 
Um, the yeah, so I, I've been running the energy marketing conference for the last ten years now. We're at ten year anniversary. We're up to our nineteenth conference. We run one in Houston in the spring and one in New York City in the fall. Uh, and this year, as you mentioned, we're running the one in in Houston, uh, March twentieth and twenty first. New York City is going to be October seventeenth and eighteenth, and Marriott Marquis Times Square really central to the whole New York City. Uh, as far as COVID goes, um, we're, we're we're hearing um, from from retail energy suppliers, wholesalers, consultants, you know, everybody in the industry is just, you know, they have been itching to get back together again. And thankfully, right, really right after the COVID mandates uh, ended, we got right back to doing um, in, in, in-person in conferences. The one coming up, we believe we'll have at least 400 attendees, which, which is, you know, the largest uh, retail energy event in the country. Um, and and we we do believe we do believe that from the people that we speak to is that you know it's really great Zoom is great Zoom is great I mean we I, I I'm, I'm unfortunately every day I have uh, Zoom fatigue at the end of the day but there's just nothing like sitting down face to face with the people that you want to do business with whether you want to work with them in some capacity or or or, or you know to, to, to partner on things it's just no diff there's no substitute for for a handshake and a face to face conversation and that's. And that's what an energy marketing conference is all about. What are some of the topics that uh, folks have come to you? And how do you go about kind of putting the uh, the show together as far as what you want to talk about? And, you know, so that folks get their most bang for their buck. And, of course, uh, obviously you do the same. Well, that's a great question, actually. Um, we, uh, we actually survey the every attendee after all the events. And we get ideas from these surveys as to what they want to talk about at the next event. We run, you know, it's every six months. Uh, in addition, we have a huge, uh, not a huge, but a very large board of advisors at EMC made up of wholesalers, retailers, marketing companies, uh, you name it. Everybody in the retail energy space uh, is represented. And um, we have uh, board meetings, you know, advisory board meetings before um, a couple of months uh, before each event and talk about what what's going on in the industry, what are people concerned about most, what are they worried about, and what do we want to be talking about. Uh, additionally, we we speak to keynote speakers. We've had some really great keynotes over the years. This year, we have David Black, who is the CEO of Shell, uh, Shell Energy. Shell Energy is a retailer today. You know, it used to be only wholesale. Uh, Shell is it's a completely green retailer, uh, kind of an amazing business they're running right now. Um, and so, so we, the theme of this conference is surviving and thriving during turbulent times. And this has been a tremendously turbulent uh, few year, year and a half, two years now, ever since uh, ERCOT 2021, uh, February of 2021, when the when the world kind of shook up, and, and especially in Texas. But really, the last the last two years have been crazy in terms of pricing. Uh, some of the topics we're talking about, we have a solar panel, no no pun intended, how to how to incorporate the solar sale into retail energy marketing. Uh, we have a a, a, a a panel on mergers and acquisitions, consolidation in retail energy. We have a panel on renewable gentailers. Um, I think someone called them green tailors now, and the greenification of retail energy. Another panel on the two-year anniversary of a crisis, like I mentioned, how how we've learned what we've learned. And, uh, you know, from ERCOT 2021, a special panel we're having on brokers and suppliers duking it out, which is going to be a lot of fun. And then we end the day with the CEO roundtable, which um, will have six uh, CEOs of small, mid and large retailers on that on that on that um, on that panel. In addition, we have four executive workshops, 
We've got a whole bunch of networking opportunities, breaks during the morning, afternoon, big luncheon with a with an award ceremony for the retail energy provider of the year. Um, in addition, we 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 have 40 exhibitors all sold out. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be something special. That's the day of March 21st. March 20th, which is a pre-conference day, we call it. Uh, there's eight sessions on the, on the 20th, and then it ends with an opening night reception. And then, of course, at the end of the March 21st day, there's a big opening night, a closing night reception with music and uh, and food and drinks. It's going to be fantastic. I think people are going to love it. You've been doing this a long time, Jack. Have you ever seen the markets this volatile in the 20 plus years you've been doing this? So, so um, you know, there's been a lot of um, uh, news about this. Uh, the fact that the fact that the natural gas market, for example, has had more 10% moves uh, in one day than than pr- pretty much ever before. I actually was around in this market. I've been in, I've been in the retail energy space in one way or another for about 24 years. In 2000, and this reminds me a little bit of 2008, which doesn't bode well for the stock market. But in 2008. I, I was in the natural gas business. Um, we we were suppliers of natural gas, and we saw prices per therm go from sixty cents to a dollar eighty in less than eleven months. And you know, customers complain, and you know, you get people canceling their contracts, and you know, the price of price of you know canceling, especially variable contracts, and then you sign. And then what ended up happening was people, a lot of people, especially energy brokers, pushed people into. Uh, long-term fixed prices, uh, fixed hedges, and, and long-term fixed contracts, uh, but they did it at a dollar fifty and a dollar eighty, and the price of gas went precipitously down the next six years in a row until January of 2014. Um, but from 2009 to 2014, the price of price of energy just just went down every year pretty much, and everybody that locked in in 2008 really regretted it. Um, 2014, we saw a polar vortex in January. It lasted only for a week or two, but it was it was just something really crazy. And then, of course, the next the next crazy event was 2021. So you know, and then in the last 12 months, you know, people that have that that did um, you know hedge during COVID are all geniuses because uh, price of power during COVID went down precipitously, and then. And then all of a sudden, it, it, it's been in some places in the country, it's double and triple what it was a year ago. So it's 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 challenging to, to have to take these phone calls from customers, but that's that's the business we're in. And of course, you know, back when you're, you know, in, in, in the 2008s, to 2012s, the 2014s, as you alluded to, I mean, at the very least, when these prices go all over the place, at least you've got coal to fall back on. Wall Street Journal ran an article the other day talking about how, you know, look, as as wild of swings as you alluded to, these prices are with natural gas. You're not going to have coal to lean on to kind of offset some of these things. Are you convinced, and I think I saw a thing the other day, EIA is predicting that, you know, renewables are going to make up 22% of the electricity mix on the grid, and then, of course, 24% thereabouts in, in next year. Jack, are you convinced that renewables, with their intermittency and with the continuing development of the technology, are you convinced that they can fill that void? Well, that's a great, that's really a great question. Um I don't know if I'm if I'm if I'm the right person to I don't know if I'm qualified to answer it. Although I do you run, I, I I I did uh, I was one of the founders of Greenbacker, which is a uh, 
very, very large um, renewable energy fund. And, you know, we're really, really vested with, with all, with a lot of capital in the renewable energy business and market. And I'll tell you one more thing, uh, EMC this year also with, a, thanks to the help of Clean Choice Energy, uh, they, 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 they sponsored something called the Carbon Neutral Sponsor. What we do is we figure out how much every attendee is using in carbon emissions based on if he's flying, if he's flying, he or she is flying to the conference or driving to the conference. And then if they're staying in the hotel or if they're staying home. And then we we offset it, we buy offsets, carbon offsets to make the conference 100% carbon neutral. So we were believers in this. Now, does that mean that there will always, you know, that renewables can completely replace fossil fuels? Um, I think it's not going to, I think, I think the president of the United States in the state of the union address mentioned that it, it's going to take 10 years for that to happen. And there was a lot of laughter in the audience. I think, I think it's probably going to take closer to 30 years for something like that to happen. So we're very, very far away, probably not in my lifetime, uh, will we see no fossil fuels, um, for many, many reasons, but we will have some, some alternative things like hydro, like, like hydrogen, like uh, th there are other there are other um, technologies that are coming around. And some one of them was written about in the Wall Street Journal about a year ago, uh, a kind of a reverse of the atom bomb. I forgot what they called it, but but th that could be an amazing technology. I don't think it's going to be pure solar and wind. But let me tell you, we have billions of dollars, billions of dollars in my fund that are invested in solar and wind, uh, billions, and it, I still don't think it's going to be able to replace uh, on its own. Um, you know, fossil fuels. So it's going to take a lot more technology. I do think that technology is coming. You know, it's it's not only true in the energy space, by the way, it's true in every in every area that you look. Think about it. You know, search engines are going to be replaced by chatbots, chatbots, you know, that they're going to talk to you. Um, and, and, and in every category, you know, vegetarians can have hamburgers now that actually come from animals but no animal got got killed. You know, they just take the uh, what are they stem cells and they and they put it in a lab and they and they create meat out of it. It's kind of amazing. I'm an investor in a company called Beyond. Is it Beyond Meat? Oh, Beyond, Beyond Meat. Meat. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's also Burger King use Beyond Meat or something burgers. like that. What's that? I said Burger King uses Beyond Meat or Beyond it, Beef it, or something it, like yeah. that. Yeah, and, and Impossible Impossible Burgers and but there's other there are other technologies coming around now. That are th those impossible, impossible, and and beyond me are just are using like plant proteins. But there are other companies that are actually going to scrape a little, a little, a little uh, skin off off a, off a cow and make you a hamburger out of that. And it's happening already. The hamburgers now cost four hundred. I mean, we're off the topic of energy, but the point is that new technologies are going to replace um, the stuff that we have, and and that's really going to, in my opinion, that's going to be the answer. You are no stranger to demand response programs. I know uh, the last time you and I chatted a year ago, you had talked about some things you had done way back when. Um, and are you convinced that, you know, enough is being done? Because we talk about, you know, wanting to lower energy demand and what have you. Is enough being done from demand response programs as well as energy efficiency programs to encourage folks to use less energy? That's a great question. I, I think I am in the energy efficiency business, and I do I do have an energy management company. Uh, it's called AEC Energy Management. Um, the we uh, the answer to that question is, of course, nothing. It's not not enough is being done on both fronts on and demand response and, and energy efficiency measures for many many reasons. Uh, but we're in the still in the infancy stages of really getting those up. They're too complicated right now. 
Um, people looking at when, when it comes to energy efficiency that, you know, it's pretty difficult to get them off balance sheet. So there are companies that are that are really working on that so that that, you know, bigger, bigger buildings and bigger companies could could adopt these energy efficiency measures. And there are new energy efficiency measures coming up every day. I, I met with a company recently that I I'm, I'm actually made a deal with them where they, they, they you know, you ever see when you plug in your phone, sometimes the phone gets hot. And yeah. the reason for that. The reason for that is because it's an AC-DC conversion. And so when you convert from one type of electricity to another, there's noise and that noise emits heat and that actually uses up capacity. So they came up with this incredible, simple thing that that uh, it's called a uh, elect electricity um, filter. It's an electric panel filter and they it filters out the noise and the heat from the filter. And it costs about $1,000 for a corporate um, per panel, and they're installing these things like hotcakes now, and they're reducing the energy consumption by 10%, which is a gigantic, gigantic number. I mean, you know, you could put all LEDs in your entire house, you won't reduce your, your, your uh, capacity by 10%. It just doesn't happen. But these things will do that. So that's that's really the future. Um, we, Like I said, we're in the infancy stages. Demand response programs are too complex. They have to get simple. You know, you know, a lot of the, if you think about a lot of the companies that that are the biggest successes in the in the world, Apple, Microsoft. Think about these companies. What did they do? What did Facebook do different than anybody? They simplified things. They just made it easy. So you just make it easy for people to take on energy efficiency measures and to and to get them funded. Doesn't have the government doesn't have to fund it for you. You just have to. They just have to put you in a position where you could where you can um, um, put it in quickly and easily with no operational difficulties. And, and the companies that are going to do that are going to be really, really, really uh, successful. Um, and that I think energy, and I think the energy brokerage business, like the energy management, energy brokers are going to be uh, important pieces of this puzzle. They're not, they're not only there to procure power or procure natural gas, they're also there to bring these efficiencies and demand response programs to the table. You mentioned already, we talked about Yuri from a couple of years ago. And of course, uh, you know, ERCOT has certainly taken steps. I mean, they basically, you know, created a capacity market. Of course, it didn't hurt that it was a, a re-election year. So we knew there was going to be plenty of power on the grid last year. Are you convinced, though, that uh, REPs have done enough? Because, you know, look, we all know that that's the last thing they want to get hit was with these, you know, $5,000, $9,000 an hour bills. Uh, are you convinced that REPs are doing enough to prepare for the next extreme weather event? I, I actually do think that. First of all, when 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 URI happened in February of 2021, uh, there were it was a disaster. We we had a whole bunch of retail energy providers in the state of Texas go out of business, literally disappear. And the real reason they went out of business is because they couldn't bill the customers what they were getting billed. And and then on top of it, the ones that weren't hedged exactly, you know, the if their longs and shorts weren't even, if they weren't balanced, then they were dead. So um, we saw, you know, a lot of blood. Uh, some companies folded up. Some companies went out of bit. But who really got hurt? And, and most people don't talk about this, but I'll tell you the truth. The people that really got hurt were the wholesale energy suppliers. 
the wholesalers were the ones that sell the power to the retailers. When the retailer goes out of business, the wholesaler is holding the whatever the expression is. They're, they're, they're the ones that are that are paying the tab. Wholesalers have lost in, in Erie hundreds of millions of dollars because of their preferred supplier agreements with retailers. And what I know firsthand is that pretty much almost every single wholesale supplier has exited the preferred supplier agreement business. In other words, they'll trade with you, but they're not going to anymore are going to take any risk that there's going to be a weather crisis and the retailer just disappears and now they lose 100, 200, 300 million dollars. True numbers. Uh, it wasn't very public because these big, these big wholesalers are big companies with a lot of divisions and they like to put it all together so don't, they don't look bad. Uh, but the reality is that everything changed after URI. Now, do I think that the retailers have done and are doing enough to prevent to protect themselves against another URI? I think they're forced to. They're forced to for because the wholesale market changed. They're forced to because the, the state of Texas changed the laws about charging variable rates to 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 um, uh, to, to mass market customers. Um, so I, I think I think yes, the answer is it did. It, it has it has uh, helped. And I believe, if God forbid, there is another URI, uh, I think the retail energy um, uh, suppliers will survive. I do. And I think the wholesalers will come out very, very fine. What are you looking most forward to, deal-making notwithstanding? What are you looking most forward to uh, in the conferences this year? Well, I'll tell you, um, we, we have a, a slew of, believe it or not, a slew of new entrants into this, into the retail energy space, whether they be retail energy suppliers that just started up that are coming, we have uh, new consultants, we have new uh, vendors that, that that are bringing really, really cool new technology to the table, and they're going to be talking about it and speaking about it and exhibiting it. So I think people are going to walk away from this conference saying, "This is I have to keep coming back because I, I there's so much there's so much more to learn and so many new people to meet." And it's growing. It really is growing. Now, there is consolidation going on in retail energy. But at the same time, there are a lot of new startups and there are, there are, there are an enormous number of, of, uh, of companies that are coming to the table that have completely new. I have people coming from Europe. I have vendors coming from Europe to show what they're doing in Europe. And I have vendors coming from Australia. Australia, Smart Measures is coming from Australia um, and bringing their what they, they do this in Australia. They said, can we bring it to the States? And I said, well, come to the conference, present, and and if 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 if, if people like it, they'll they'll adopt it. And and so so I think I think what I'm what I'm looking forward to is is meeting a lot of the new uh, people. I I actually met them already because I invited them and all that. But but I think the retailers are going to love it. Thank you so much for that, Mr. Jack Dueck. Also, a big shout out to Miss Christina Corcoran as well. She does a phenomenal job in bringing the entire EMC event together and has been a tremendous help to me also. So want to give a huge thank you to Miss Christina Corcoran. Uh, don't forget, you can catch all of the Power Connect episodes over at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at the website, thepowerconnect.net. We've got more EV Charging Expo and Summit episodes coming up. Stay tuned for that, as well as more to come with the new format change that's coming up here very, very soon. Stick around. Like us on LinkedIn. Connect with me, Fred Davis. You will be glad you did. This has been the Power Connect Podcast, connecting the energy transition one conversation at a time. Wake up, Builders, time to build a new land. I know we could do it if we all lend a hand. Only thing-
everything we have to 